Please remain standing for the reading of the scripture, which is found on page 1645 in the Pew Bibles, John chapter 1, verses 1 through 14. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. He was in the world and through the world was made, though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the only glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thank you. You may be seated. So, as I said earlier, this was a, I was a little bit unorganized this morning. I found the glue. Um, a funny story, I was walking back to get the handheld mic, and Tanya waved something at me, and I said, oh, I've already got three bulletins. She was waving the offering envelope at me to tell me to take up the offering. But you know, I guess you could say I was confused. And I know why that happened. I know that God was doing that so that I could use it as part of this sermon message today, because in what we read... There was confusion, and, and John knew it. He said, he came to his own, but his own did not recognize him. And later on in the Gospel of John, there's more confusion when he's getting ready to die. Everybody's saying, well, what do you mean? Where are you going? Why can't we go with you? And all of his birth and his death were summed up in those two passages, what we read and what was written later on in John chapter 14 through 16. And we'll talk about that today. But first, I want to read this poem. This You probably have heard this before. It's very popular. It was first published in the late 1800s, like 1883 or something like that. Um, Christina Roosevelt, I believe, is the name of the person who wrote this. Love came down at Christmas. Love all lovely, love divine. Love was born at Christmas. Star and angels gave the sign, worship we the Godhead. Love incarnate, love divine, worship we our Jesus. But wherewith for sacred sign, love shall be our token. Love be yours and love be mine. Love to God and all men. Love for plea and, lo and gift and sign. That poem has been turned into a hymn. It's been turned into a song by a more recent Christian band. There have been books written about that very poem. It's very popular. 
Love came down at Christmas. And that's exactly what has happened. Because you see, God wanted to save the world that he had created. And he had a plan for doing it from the very beginning. He told Adam and Eve right after they sinned, he said to the serpent that her offspring shall bruise your head, shall crush your head, but you shall bruise his heel. Now, to bruise a heel means to deceive. That's an idiom. Like if I say, give them the whole nine yards, that means it gives you all. It's a play on words. It's an idiom. So to bruise the heel in Hebrew means to deceive. So Satan will deceive, but God will send his son to crush the head of Satan. So that's what Christmas is all about. God's love so strong, he wasn't going to let his people suffer the fate of death. But you see, God is holy, and God is just, and God cannot make a rule and then break it. And his rule was, if you sin, you're going to die. He told them, if you eat from this tree, you're going to die. He can't, like most parents would do, okay, you know what, this one time, I'm going to let it slide, but don't you dare do it again. And the kids are like, oh yeah, not going to do it again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we all did that, right, as kids. Oh yeah, sure, mom and dad, not going to do it again. Fingers crossed behind our back or whatever, toes crossed, whatever. But God couldn't be like that because if he did, he would be unholy. He wouldn't be just. He wouldn't be who he is. But God did say, I will die for them because I love them. So he came down at Christmas time, caused all kinds of confusion. And that's why I was telling the kids this morning, when people were reading the Bible, the Jews were reading the Bible and they're teaching everyone, the Pharisees, they're saying, our Messiah is going to come. Here's how we'll know. We'll look, we'll look for him. He'll, he'll conquer. And lo and behold, this guy is coming up. He's like, a, he looks like he's going to conquer the Romans. Like, this could be the Messiah, but no. Jesus didn't come the way they thought he would come. More confusion. But God always makes sure his plan is understood. And right now, in 2022, I'd say the world has a lot of confusion. There's all kinds of confusion. I'm not even going to list it all because I couldn't list it all. There's loads of confusion in this world about our identities, about who God is, about what a church is, what a church should be like. There's all kinds of confusion. But we're not going to focus on that today. We want to focus on what is important, and that is the love that God brought to us through Jesus Christ. Because love, as 1 Corinthians 13 says, conquers all. Love does not hold a list of wrongdoing. So one of the biggest things that we as humans have a problem with is we think, man, I really messed up there. I, my past is so tainted. I just don't know. I, and I don't know how many times I've heard this. And one of these times, and I hope none of you are the ones who get to, to hear this, but sometimes somebody's come up, come up to me and say, well, I hope I was good enough to get to heaven, and I'm just going to unload because it's not about how good you are. It's about how good he is. It's about how good he is. 
You can't be good enough. Don't even try to be good enough. But yet we do. One of the reasons is it's part of our sinful nature. We want to try to overcome the things we've done wrong. So we try to do more good thinking that it pushes out the bad. You know, like just if you fill a glass of water, you put the water in and all the air comes out. So we say, okay, if this is all sin inside this empty glass and we pour water of life into it, it'll push that sin out, right? So we think, okay, we'll pour the good in to our lives and we'll push all that bad out. No, that may work for your neighbor. That may work for your parents or maybe someone you know. Doesn't work for God. That's not the way it works. God says, look, you did wrong. I know that. But I love you. Here's a gift. Accept it. The greatest Christmas gift of all, salvation through Jesus. You don't have to earn it. In fact, you can't earn it. Don't even try to earn it. His love is a free gift given because we can't earn it. And what it does is it keeps him holy. It keeps him holy. He made a rule. You're going to die if you sin. But he also made a rule that someone else can die in your place. Here comes Jesus without sin. And now he's dying in our place. But we weren't alive 2,000 years ago. Doesn't matter. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. God is outside of time. When he died, he died for you. He died for your children. He died for your grandchildren. He died for your parents. He died for your aunts and uncles. He died for people that are going to live 30 years from now that we don't even know yet. They're not even named yet. Their children, their parents aren't even born yet. And he died for them too. Okay? It's a gift that is freely given. And that's what came down at Christmas time. But it didn't stop there. He lived as a human being. He suffered as a human being. I tell you, if he picked up this piece of paper and, and moved it across his finger in a certain way, he'd bleed. If he stumbled over a rock and hit his toe, he might break it. He was perfect in that he did not sin, but he was human and that he was just like us. But yet he did not sin. He had the ability to sin because he was just like us. He had the ability, but he never did it. And praise God he never did because the wages of sin is death. God's love is Jesus Christ who takes the place of our death. We don't die. We simply move from this life to the next when we are born again. Now, if we're born, we're going to die. But when we're born again, we don't die. And none of that, what I just said, has anything to do with the good that you're trying to do to make up for the bad. So just throw out trying to do good to make up for the bad. Do good because God saved you. So let's get to the next part. I spoke about John 14 and 16, 14, 15, 16, even 17. If you've never read the Bible at all, just read those 
Start with John 14 and read through 20 or 21 through the end. Seven chapters. It, you can do it. Read a chapter a day. It'll take you a week or read it all at one time because it shows you the incredible love of God. You hear things like, do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not let them be afraid. I go and prepare a place for you. And where I go, I will come back and take you with me. But even more than that, he talks about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. And you think these guys were confused? Boy, when he talked about the Holy Spirit, they were really confused. You want to confuse a church? Talk about the Holy Spirit. That'll confuse a church. But it shouldn't be confusing. Unless you talk about the Pentecostal church, then you got to talk about the Bible, and that confuses them. <laughs> what I'm saying is, the Holy Spirit could not come until Jesus left. You see, Jesus was a man, but also God. But because he was a man, he could only be in one place at one time. I am right here. I am not anywhere else, but right here, right now. And even though people see me on Facebook, I am standing right here, right now, and I can't be anywhere else. And Jesus was the same way. But when he died, the death he died, he went away. And because he went away, the Holy Spirit had the opportunity to come. So it'd be like taking me and making me into one trillion fills. Oh my goodness, the world couldn't take it. Tanya couldn't take it, that's for sure. But taking me and spreading me out all over the place. We took Jesus, and it was like we took Jesus and spread him out everywhere. But he's still one. He's still God. He's still the Son. He's still the Holy Spirit. Still the Father. He's all three in one. But we took him, and now he's with all of you and me and everybody in the churches all around town and across the nation. The Holy Spirit is everywhere. But Jesus couldn't do that. But God's love was so strong, he said, you know what? It's part of my plan. I'm going to die for them, but then I'm going to give them a greater gift. But I thought the greatest gift was salvation. Yes, but an even greater gift is the understanding of that salvation so that we can go into the world and spread the love of God that he gave to us. We can't do that on our own. We wouldn't do that on our own. We would stay at home and watch football, or we'd stay at home and eat, or we'd get with friends and talk. We, we wouldn't go out and spread Jesus to the world. And some of you might be saying, but I don't really spread Jesus to the world. And I say, yes, you are. You know why? Because you believe. The fact that you believe the Holy Spirit is in your heart, the love of God has come into your heart, and you are carrying God with you wherever you go. I don't care if you don't verbally say, hey, do you know God? Some people aren't comfortable with that. But if you walk up to someone and you start talking to them and they don't know God, you know what's happening? He's coming out. And he's working on them. So yes, just by going anywhere, we carry the Lord with us and he emanates through us and he reaches people. You have probably led people to Christ you didn't even know about just by being in their presence. Now, you didn't do it, but you carried God to their presence of someone who didn't believe, and God worked on them. That's the way it works. That's why 
He had to come. And why he had to go away so the Holy Spirit could come. I gave you the example one time, and I know other pastors may have done this too because it's pretty popular. You take a piece of paper and you, you tear it off and say, if this just this little corner is the love of God, is it enough to go around? And we can take that little tiny corner and we can divide it into 50 little pieces or however many people are here right now, and you all have a part of it. You can even break that up even more and spread it. So the love of God can't be contained in a piece of paper, in a cup, in a candy bar. It can't be contained. It is spiritual. And it's not like the love that we think of when we hear the word love. A lot of times we think of romantic love. But this love is powerful. This love is spoken of by Paul in 1 Corinthians 13. It is patient. It is kind. It does not boast. It does not envy. It does not make a list of wrongdoings. Love never fails. And love is what God gave us through Jesus Christ at Christmas time. And I know, you know, I'm not going to stand up here and tell you, well, Jesus is the reason for the season. We know that. We know that. And we know why we're here. We know why we celebrate Christmas. But I do want you to know how important this love is. Because this love says, if you don't feel like you're loved, you still are. If you don't feel like you've spread this love, you still have. If you don't feel like this love has done anything for you, it has. Well, if I don't feel it, and I don't see it, and I don't think it has done anything for me, then how can you say it has? Because the Bible doesn't lie. And someday, you will know. Because God will teach you. Maybe He's teaching you today. Maybe He taught you a few days ago. Maybe you've known your whole life. Or maybe you'll find out in, tw- in five or six years but you will understand the love of God before you die because that's the way it works. So seek it out and know it now. You know, God gave us an amazing promise in the Bible in Jeremiah. He said, you will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with your whole heart. You will find me. Do you know what he's saying there? We're talking about God. I mean, you can't even describe how incredibly big he is. You'll find him when you seek him with all your heart. So if you don't know the love of God, ask him. Because I promise you, he will deliver. You know how I know? Because I did it. One day when I was not real sure, and, and believe it or not, It was in 1999, and I was asked to be a pastor, and I'm like, I want to do this, but man, I really don't know what I'm doing. I said, God, I need you to show me what your love really is. If you say that, get ready. You're going to know, and you're going to know quick what that love is. You'll see it all around you. You'll experience it. You'll have thoughts. You'll hear it. His love will come down. Not just at Christmas. Any day you ask, His love will come to you. 
Because that's what he wants for you. And that's what he will give you. And if you're not sure, hey, I, you know, I had it at one time and I think I've lost it. And maybe it's because of things we've done in the past. Doesn't matter. Ask again. It will come again and in greater measure. Because when you've had it once, you're going to get it greater the next time. You think you got it all right now and you know God real well? Ask him again. Ask him today. No matter where you are with him, show me your love and watch out. Fasten your seatbelt because you're going to get it. You're going to get his love. He will show you. But be willing to accept it when it comes. Don't say, oh, no, I don't think that was it. No, that was it. No matter how subtle or how grand it is, his love is coming to you when you ask. If you ask today, it will come today. If you ask tomorrow, it will come tomorrow. Ask as many times as you want because it is unending and it never fails. So love came down at Christmas, but it also comes down every single day when we ask. So take that with you, and Merry Christmas, everyone. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for sending your love to us. Incredible power beyond words, beyond our comprehension. We can't even describe how incredible it is. The word incredible does not even describe how incredible your love is. So thank you, Lord, for this amazing thing. And we pray, Lord, that you will help us, that you will speak to us this day and teach us and tell us to ask for your love. And then, Lord, give it to us as you promised you would. Thank you, Lord, for this amazing gift of your Son, for the Holy Spirit, for our lives here on earth, for our relationships, for for this church, for our family. Lord, thank you. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.